Tuesday, and welcome to the fourth edition of the Past the Six Podcast. I'm Tyler, here with Steven and Keenan. We're diving into all the action from match day three. I think about that for a second. Um, I guess we're in the midst of international week here, lads, so a lot to talk about. We had the Champions League draw, um, some Europa action, and obviously a lot of action around the league this week. Um, but I figured we'd open up and just do one last transfer roundup since the transfer window has officially closed now across Europe. So no more action, at least until January at this point. Um, so the first one that stood out to me this week was the Jerome Boateng news. Uh, I think it was Keenan dropped in the group, was it Thursday morning, I believe, that there was a lot of rumors that uh, Boateng was on the verge of going to Juventus. That morning, which seems like it was it was about to happen. He missed the whole photo shoot with the Bayern team. Wasn't at training. I think he trained individually. Uh, but that was that was interesting because it almost felt a lot. I mean, it did feel a lot like last year when he was on the verge of going to PSG. Um, and whatever happened, it, it sounds like he's committed to Bayern again. Um, so I wanted to open up and see what y'all's thoughts were about Boateng. If you think it was a good move for him to stay, if he should have left, um, and. How do you think the dynamics are going to be with him still being at Bayern? I think he, he's too good to be on the bench. Um, he does provide, you know, with Ocal, Champions League, League, he does give that, you know, that veteran presence that maybe those, the younger guys don't have. So where do they come up with, like, a, in a Champions League semifinal? You know, he's been there before. He's done that before. Yeah. So he has, yeah, he has that experience where he can, you know, lean on uh, get to those guys so I think it's impactful in that he brings leadership to me he's kind of like the Nalo effect where he has his leadership where he or he's the leader of that defense because I believe he's the only remaining uh, well I guess Alaba yeah. too yeah. but um, but from that trouble winning, right. that trouble winning season yeah, as far as the back line, I mean, you got Neuer, obviously, but yeah, as far as your back, back line. Your back, he was the last one left. Yeah. He's been there through everything. Yeah. So he's he's seen everything. I, I think I think he deserves at least a chance to, you know, prove that he's he's still worthy of that starting 11. Personally, when, when Hummels left, I thought Boateng was a lock to stay, just based on depth, um, because you've got Lucas Hernandez, you've got Zula, uh, Pavard, and those are the only, like, legit center backs. We have Javi Martinez, but I think the, the feeling is that we don't want to play him on center back unless absolutely have to. So having more of a, the, uh, the defensive mid, um, which I think he's the last of like the classic um, deep line defensive mid. Because our other ones, you would argue, are more box-to-box defenders um, with Tolisso and Goretzka. Um, and even Thiago is more of that playmaking midfielder versus um, you know, offensive midfielder. So I thought he was a lot to stay just based on depth. And like you said, with all the different um, competitions that Byron is, is competing in, that it helps a lot to have that and have that veteran presence on the back line. But I do wonder, there still seems to be a little disconnect between him and the upper management. And I saw, you know, we saw that last year and even the, the year before that. And that's what worries me just a bit um, because he's so keen on leaving last year. And he had, on most standards, a bumpy season. Um, and I guess wishing the best for him as a player. And like you said, he's too good to ride the bench for the majority of the year. But I just wonder how much time he's going to get. Um, so, so what's interesting is what do you think, Akina? Um, well, I mean, my first thought was 
thank goodness we don't have to play Javi Martinez as center back. Right. There's so many rumors going around. Oh, yeah, we'll just put Javi as our backup center back. And I just really don't want him back there because I really don't want Kimmich in the midfield either. Yeah. And if we can get Javi back, you know, we don't always need a CDM when we play teams. But when we do, I'd prefer that it was him as opposed to taking the best right back in the world out of that position. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Boateng is, like you guys said, he's a veteran, stable presence back there for the most part. I mean, obviously, coming off the uh, bad World Cup, like, it can mess with you. You don't get the same offseason. Um, I mean, he's still the fastest defender we have, right? Did he not win the, the speed competition in defenders, ever, like, for the last three years for Bayern? Pretty sure he's been clocked as the fastest defender for Bayern. It's a good question because I, I had heard rumors that actually Zula was the fat, like, as far as certain sprints, the fastest player on the team. <laughs> right. And so, but when they've gone head to head, I think even Boateng posted it on social media that, he, yeah, that yeah. he had won those competitions in training. I know, um, I know there was a lot of like KHR even said it coming up on the US tour that Boateng was in some of the best shape he's right. been in, in a while. Uh, and so I know he, you know, he really wanted this, this wants this to be his comeback year in a big season. Uh, which which is hopeful, right? Yeah. Um, but when you have a young Lucas Hernandez, who, in my opinion, is the best center back on that team right now. He's um, certainly playing as the best defender on that team, regardless yeah, of period. position. Because his ability to cover that left corner for Alaba has given Alaba so much freedom to move. And you know, then it does stretch the defense out a little bit. And that's where I like having Kimmich as a right back who's just a little bit quicker than a Pavard um, so that when that defense does have to shift, I think, you know, there's a better chance of Kimmich making that move to cut somebody off. So I, I want him to stay. I want him to get regular rotation. And all I can think about is just the back line of Alaba and Kimmich as center backs. And right. Like, you're about the Pep era. Right. Like I just don't want to end up in a scenario like that again. Right. And if you're telling, like, you can have a dude who won a World Cup and a treble as a center back option who's not ancient. I mean, he's, what, 30 years old? Like, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. And, and that's something that we've talked about time and time again with Byron is death when, um, when injuries inevitably come. Is who are you able to bring off the bench um, that's going to make a difference? Or who, you know, who's, who you're going to start, you know, right. if your regular starters are, are hurt. So, uh, Ultimately, it's, it's a great thing because I think now Byron is just one player less than the roster was last season. So after all of that talk, we have added to the depth and we are. Um, the numbers are much stronger than they looked even yeah, certainly. You know, three weeks ago, right? But uh, I still think it's, it's a thin line, specifically on the defense, where you know if, God forbid, we do have injury concerns, not having Boateng there and then having to rely on a hobby who, let's be honest, has had his injury issues over the past couple seasons. It's still um, coming back from what Still now? coming back from injury, right. Um, which was an interesting fact because there were rumors, this is kind of a uh, side topic, but there were rumors that he was healthy and was expecting playing time. And Yeah, there was some, a, a yeah. healthy scratch by yeah. um, so Kovac. Kovac, which don't know what's going on there. Can't, can't trust everything on social media, but that will be interesting to see uh, because we have really needed that kind of that deep line central midfielder, I think, to solidify things. And, and like you said, I don't think that's Kimmich. Um, I really want him back at, at fullback. And I think that, that we, there 
we can't have both, right? We can have a pick and you to two where we can have Pavard and we can have commit. And having a good rotation of that along the back line is only going to make us better when we're going into different competitions and we can switch things up and say, all right, Pavard, you're going to play right back. You know, even give commits a rest. You know, he played every league game, every minute. Of every, every minute of every league game. Last season. So, you know, he can do it, but, you know, obviously you're a little bit older. And, and I think that having him full energy in the tank for Champions League is going to be the most Right. Important. Like how much of playing every minute of every game in this regular season for the Bundesliga wears on him for a Champions League matchup. Right. Whereas, you know, even if we're just giving him one game off and we're slotting in Pavard for that whole game right. as opposed to Kimmich and just, just prepping for that one game or even like a Polkow game. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was, um, and we'll talk more about how Bayern lined up and our, our thoughts with that in just a bit. But yeah, he, he very much is an energizer bonding Kimmich. <laughs> And then, of course, the Kompelinka to shock our move. Um, this, to me, highlights a lot that's been going on with uh, Chalkers and their, their transfer policies and, and what's been going on. You, um, Bill finally reported that the transfer cost from the Shakhtar was $2.5 million. Um, and I checked transfer mark. I think they had him sitting around a value of somewhere around $7 million. Uh, which still isn't great for what they paid. They paid for him. When did they pay for him? It's uh, almost eighteen mil. Yeah, I think with with fees and everything, it was right around eighteen mil. You bringing him in just a couple seasons ago. He was worth. The thing was, at the time that he was brought in, he as Sevilla, he was worth like thir- almost thirty. Yeah, I, I, they got a steal to bring him in. Yeah, so you can look at it that way and saying, "Oh, it was good business to bring him in at that cost." I mean, when he first came, he like he was a difference maker on that left wing side. I mean, he obviously had his uh, injury issues, but, and couldn't finish to save his life, but, you know, if, I think once Tedesco got in there and started, you know, doing some some different things around with him, I think he started getting more comfortable in that system, he's a lot more dangerous, I mean, he had that pace already. So that's that's one less thing he had to, like you know he could beat almost any any uh, wing back that was marker. So and I'll just I mean I'll put it straight. Do you do you think um, we always do this? But do you think that was a um, who are the winners and losers in that? Do you think that that it was mutual beneficial for him to go? It was time for him to go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because with who we have now, I don't, I don't see him getting in playing time. Yeah, yeah. Um, for one, right. Two, it was evident that that was one of their that that was one of their key players they wanted gone. Right. Uh, it was between it was him, Benzelib, uh, Mendel, and I think there was one more. Well, that they were they were at, at first they were they were saying that Harit was one of the targets to leave. Right. But then after him and um, you know, when Wagner came in. Him, him and Wagner, when they started, you know, meeting and stuff, Wagner said, he, he, uh, he's going to be my uh, part of what I want to do. So, uh, and he, and that's a whole different, that, I, 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 we do a whole thing just on that and just his turnaround. Yeah. Um, and, but, and being a Ukrainian player, I, I've heard a lot of people talking, um, said it's good for him to head back home. Yeah. Uh, he, he turns 30 this month. So, you know, being on the downward slide, you know, to say um, in a winger's lifespan. Yeah, I think, I think it was good for him to go. I, I do. I think. I think it was a good deal for I me. Mean, obviously, it's only, it's only two million. It's not like you're going to do too much with two million, anyways. 
when, by the time all the all the um, fees go in. But um, I think it's a win-win. I I don't know what Shark Tars, um like I don't I don't know too much about their team. I don't know you know who who he will be replacing or anything. Yeah, well, but I don't hear. I mean they're they're going to win their league, so it's yeah. guaranteed silverware. Um, and they're always competitive. In, and and, and in they're going to be in their Champions League. So yeah, he yeah. has he and he you know he's obviously played in Champions League played exactly. last year. Exactly. Uh, so he has a little bit of that you know experience. Right. Bringing, and he had a big goal in Champions League. Yeah, too. yeah, he did. So you bring in yeah you bring in an experienced. Um, I mean at this point you could call him a vet. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a win win. It, it it is hard. I know like to see him go. Yeah. Such a, a threat. And he was and he was a fan favorite too. Yeah. Um. There there's a lot of there's a lot of um. You know, when, when it was official, there was a lot of things, you know, it was like, we didn't want to see him go, yeah. you know, we wish we could have found a way to keep him around, um, but it's, it's, at the end of the day, if one, if you're not producing, right. and he wasn't really producing for the team, yeah, um, and you're constantly hurt, Right, right, and and which, which is kind of what happened with Mbolo, right. so to be completely honest, he and it's hard to integrate, him. I mean, if you're constantly coming back from an injury, it's hard yeah. to integrate in the lineup, right? right. So um, you can't necessarily, you know, talk it up on. Well, we just didn't want him, but it's like if we're constantly having to wait for him to come back from injury and then figure out how he's going to fit in the lineup. Sometimes you have to just work with what you. And got. again, with what that what what Shonk was uh, working with on the on the wings, you know, we still have Matondo coming back from injury. We still uh, Shaw back now. Shaw is back. Yeah. Um, good, good, good to see him get. He almost had a goal. So that, that you know, just just seeing him out there and what he's been through, right? Um, I think that's a testament to to both both sides for being patient with that because it always seems like he's always getting hurt in, in one part of the season. It's a, it's a massive amount of time. Yeah. But I think, like I said, with with the depth that we have, I don't think the loss of Kono is as big of a deal if it was if it was a maybe a center back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it was a center back, that might that might be a big that might be a bit of a story, because we the um, Stache was was out this week. Uh, luckily, we had Sonny um, come in, and you know. I mean, and, and looking at this, well, I'm just uh, I pull up stats at this point. I'm in the 18-19 season. He only played 13 matches, had one assist, one goal. So it's like um, that is league. Um, and then he had you know a couple. He ended up actually. Played six of the Champions League matches, which is interesting. Um, so he seemed to be a Champions League and Europa League player, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit less in league, um, which again does make him an asset coming to Shakhtar, where it's like we have somebody with your right. experience. But he definitely did not seem like one of the league players. And we talked about this too last year. I think um, Tedesco definitely had different lineups that he would have for each competition, and, and that, that's what the, that's what everybody is saying. That's different with this team. Yeah, is he has a continuity of, of who he wants out on the field, which which on the flip side of that is when players are getting hurt, and say that that say that lineup is going well, but it's like say you know the back someone on, on the back line gets hurt, and you know that kind of mess, messes with their continuity. Yeah. So it's, it is nice to rotate, like maybe, right. maybe not start lineup of every game, right? But bring in other players that can kind of. Give relief to those players that you, that way there's one fluid motion when something does happen. Right, it's it's definitely a give and take, and, and we'll talk about this a bit more since we do have 
European football coming up and a lot of these teams that feel like we're kind of fringe teams, it is a give and take. We talked about this, Hina and I talked about this last week with Frankfurt and how they definitely prioritized Europa last year um, and probably could have done even more damage in the league had they not done that. Uh, so it is, it's, it's tricky for these teams and, and each team has to kind of address it the way that they like. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things we'll have to wait and see. So we've been tracking the, the our final big move of the week was the Rebic and Silva player swap, um, sending Rebic to AC Milan for two seasons and um, Silva to Frankfurt. And a good point that Keenan brought up, um, there was assumption that there was an option to buy with those. Uh, we figured Rebic is long gone. However, there seems to be a turn of events that from, did you say Frankfurt's official Pays that there was no AC Milan. I'm still reading, so bear with us. So we saw, yeah, um, Sky Sports and both Goal had mentioned that it was going to be a um, two year deal for both players, two year loan deal um, with option to buy at the end, something around three million at least for the Revit move. I'm not sure what, um, uh, what, for, what um, Frankfurt will be paying on the other hand. But we're going to continue to look at that and see if we can dig up any legitimate facts based on the option to buy. Because I do think that that does make things interesting. That changes, to me, it changes the whole complexion of the deal. If there's the assumption that Revit is coming back in two seasons, I mean, you could still buy him even without the option to buy, you know, if you can negotiate something. But it is an interesting position. I, I'm not sure that that would necessarily happen, but, but maybe. Um, but regardless, what are we thinking with this one? So, obviously, we knew that Rebic was gone. Right. And, like, and you said that with Silva being a talk with other teams. Yeah, Silva being a talk with other teams. And like, there wasn't much of a like, conversation of Frankfurt being in that discussion with Silva. Right. Um, you know, either Schalke was, was interested. Um, there were some players, there were some clubs like in England and Spain that were also monitoring Silva as well. Um, that were like, oh, maybe like that they may be interested in the, and the fact that he goes to Frankfurt on a on a loan on a swap with Rebic, yeah. It it almost it doesn't seem an equal swap. I mean I don't know too much about Silva. Um from like being in being in Italy and we don't obviously we don't have too much about Italy teams other than Juventus. So I mean to me I my thing it's it's kind of along those lines, but I actually think it's a really good deal for both parties. Because um, I think I think part of the reason why this came out of the blue was because Frankfurt, well, for one, like you said, there weren't really great suitors on the table for Rebic. Um, you know, I think Jovic jumped to that that Real one, which we can all agree as he should. You know, even if Real is, is in shambles, it's still an upgrade. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's a different you know that's a different move. West Ham, you know, teach their own right. Yeah. But the Rebic one was interesting because there weren't a lot of great suitors on the table for him and I think what ended up happening was AC was like well, we've got a guy we're wanting to move we can just make this happen and do the swap there yeah um, I, so guess, I think both teams got a player um, and they both but I, I, I still think it's a downgrade from Frankfurt for Frankfurt yeah from Frankfurt from, from, no from Frankfurt oh it's AC because AC has been shambles for years yeah and so there's I, I think they might be in Europa I don't even know if they qualified this year or not, um, but at least Frankfurt, at least with Frankfurt, you may have a chance 
and, and with with you know with Europa, they had a chance to uh, like win Europa. Like, I don't see any team that could really compete with them in Europa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Um, it, it's an interesting, and I, mean, I guess that's what again we'll have to keep an eye on if there's no option to buy. Um, and that might have been what played into it. So I'll go there and play for a couple of years and then see what other options like I have. Situation. Um, right, or yeah, I'll come back and then you can sell me. Because uh, very well he could shine and say, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to be at AC long term. Come back to Frankfurt and Frankfurt can sell him for even more. Because what it was looking like, most of the, the offers that I saw were around $30 million, which for a player of Rebish, you know, give it, take it back a few months prior to the injury and when he was still the number one at Frankfurt, we'd say, yeah. um, his price was, was astronomical. Um, and I think that the injury backed him down and then with the other attacking options that they had, he be, he even fell, I'd say, to the third option at times last season. Um, and this season, you could really tell that he was just, for whatever reason, he was out of it. I mean, um, even with this team, he didn't seem to be their biggest threat if you watch the games. Yeah, I think um, Kostic kind of took that over. Yeah, Kostic has been phenomenal and great to see him shine because he's definitely been one of the players that wants to see really break through. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, as far as Silva, um, it seems like he just wasn't a good fit at AC. Um, wasn't getting a lot of playing time for national team. He, he has shined. Uh, I think a couple seasons ago he had a really big season. So be interesting. I think this is kind of a redemption year for him coming to there, and there's definitely room for him to shine uh, alongside Doss uh, on that attack. So yeah, he's a player that we hate to see go. I mean, all things considered, he has had his huge moments. We think of the Pokal final against Bayern. You can still see him <laughs> sprinting down the field to the the fans. Um, and that was part of it too. I, I really think that. With Kovac, it's one of those like player manager um, relationships that he really shined under Kovac um, and didn't have as much of that joy after that. So that could be part of it. He might just need, you know, a new scenario, a new start. So um, I had to return to Italy because remember he was with Fiorentina originally. True. So he started at Fiorentina as his right. first major club and then was on multiple loan spells before uh, making the move to. Frankfurt official. Right. So, not a lot of starts or games at Fiorentina, but first, uh, but the Italian league is not something he's unfamiliar with. Right. Matchup against uh, Ruberi. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, it's funny because it's kind of a, um, a quiet end to a pretty wild transfer window. It seemed like at times, like, anything could happen. It's kind of like, okay. And like you said, the Rebich thing, it's funny because at that point, I don't think any of us... I mean, when Das came in, it was kind of like, okay, maybe he's still going, and it seemed like they were making that as a, a preemptive move, but it still was kind of like, it seems like he, he's going to stay. And then Stevie's boy, Mbola. So we... Oh, Mbola. Did he score again? He scored the one goal for oh, Gladbach. Shoot. I didn't even see. That's yeah. two weeks in a row, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> if only we had a picture of Stevie's face right oh, then. Oh man. Oh man, Stevie, your face was priceless. I think he's gonna be nice there. Ooh, I'm congested. We have our uh, still feels like summer we're getting fall allergies already, which is just the worst. But hey, we are at the meat and potatoes section. The the full course meal match day three of Bonus Like it doesn't get any better. Yes, probably match day four. But here we are. Um, so. Just gonna dive into these games like we normally do. Some games we'll cover more than others, but this first one I know Keenan is very hype about because of his fantasy league. Um, big man, the Leipzig Gladbach match. 
why are you pumped about this over here? Well, I'm pumped about it because I have Timo Werner on my fantasy team, and he decided to score a hat trick. <laughs> a hat trick for Timo, <laughs> who is not good enough for Bayern. Just for Bayern. reportedly, yeah. not good enough for Bayern, despite um, my strong objections. So I think we all uh, coming in this. I think I call we, we all called this one, didn't we? I think we all had Leipzig, yeah. um, and, and we all have sung praises of the great Red Bull. Um, Manager, <laughs> yeah, Stephen even has gone on on uh, recording saying that he sees them at the top or somewhere around the top, competing <laughs> for the title. Um, which I, I agree with him. I mean, right yes. now they they are playing um, otherworldly football under Nagelsmann. Might be a, a slight exaggeration because they haven't had a true true test yet, but they are looking very very I'm good. Glad their closest thing to a true test they've had. But. Right, but again, we got the marquee fixture with them and Bayern. After the international break, which everyone is, is is looking forward to, they are really good. I think one of the things with them, they're very young. Uh, Keenan said last week they're the youngest team in the league. They have a lot of depth, basically in every position. Um, they got depth. We've, we've got um, you know uh, Kanate, who I don't think has had a lot of time right now at center back. Um, then you've got just a plethora of wing and um, front man options. And this is while Timo scores a hat trick. You know, Will is just. Yeah, going off. Do you think we'll see the, his biggest year yet? Do you think this will this will be his biggest goal scoring year yet? I think so. I mean, he, he now has. I I don't know necessarily how the previous managers if they were using him correctly or not. Um, but I think it, I think Nagelsmann with what with how he played with uh, how he used with Hoffenheim and stuff. I, I think it was very 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 evident that. This is a manager who can um, who can unshackle uh, Werner, and uh, this was this was our fear when it was announced that uh, Nagelman <laughs> was going to take over. For right. Apple was what is he going to do with uh, Timo right. and that that whole entire team? Because like we're like they're already dangerous as it is, but then you add a coach who can actually you know who was good. I like that Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, who has like that like attack mind. Yeah. Um, you know he's been uh, heralded as like the next best um, like young managers in the world. Yeah. So and I went on last week and said I I think that he's the best manager in the Bundesliga this season. Um, I really do. I, I just don't think anyone's really close to him right now. I mean, obviously his managers are more experienced than him, but as far as just the ability to get a team to play at a super high level, it's it's unmatched right now. And we look at we can compare this team to his Hoffenheim team. And that team, in a lot of ways, overachieved. I know last year they sunk a little bit. Um, you can look at all the players that they lost. I mean, they got they got rated. <laughs> you know, every year they were in the league, they've gotten rated. Barnes been the receiving end of, of some of those big moves. Um, so you, you can see a lot of that. And even with that rated team, he's still overachieved and pushing in Europe. Um, the league they fell off a little bit. Um, but some of that too was was coming down to not closing out games, and that was due to lack of attacking players. And you look at what he's got now, <laughs> you know, he's got essentially he's got the pieces that he was missing at Hoffenheim, and now he's got those tools. It, it, it's crazy. Um, I anything to say about Gladbach this week? I mean, and Bowles, can we really? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and no, 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 no. I think that. They're still going to grow and develop that team a little bit. I don't think this says a lot. I think that they were facing, like, the better team won. And, uh, yeah. 
it was a margin that probably should have been. I mean, RB just took full control of that game. Uh, I mean, it's hard for Gladbach when Hazard was your best player and you lose him. It's going to take some adjustments as well. So I think I think they'll be all right. Ibolo, uh, big numbers for me this year. I think. Uh, I think he'll do double-digit goals. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. As long yeah. as, he, as long as he stays, as long as, long as he stays healthy, he, he's a he's a double-digit threat every year. I know, I know well, it's hard for you to say. Well, I just like the <laughs> position he's been playing and starting underneath a striker, mm-hmm. and sort of having that freedom with Plia in front of him to just find the empty space. And that's why I think that they're gonna they're gonna be very dangerous. Um, I mean, you're, you're looking at still Stendhal and Raphael on that team, um, so they have they have attacking threats. It's going to be a matter of I think I think what you're getting at too is that Hazard was such a playmaker for them. Yeah, you know, not just right. goals. So much of what yeah, so much of what he did was uh, honestly similar to like a, a Messi, where it was he was given that freedom to just you know play wherever he needed to in the attacking third, whether it be on the left, on the right, you know. As the top, the man up top, or dropping down below, he was just sort of everywhere for them. Wherever they felt like there was an advantage for him to take. Yeah, it was big. Um, yeah, and it's. I mean, back to RB. Um, looking <laughs> at what they've got going in Champions League. Um, so we'll, we'll be touching more and more about Champions League, but I feel like that's very much a not only a, a group that they can get out of, but potentially a group that they can win. Um, um, we talked about this going on the road to Zanet. Um, it's pretty tough. It's a tough place to play, but I think it's a, it's a good, good test for that team to get some of that competition under the lights. But again, a lot of these players have had European experience at this point too, so um, they're, they're going to be a tough team to compete with. Um, I think that this coming to this Bayern matchup, don't call it a must win, but I think they win this one. You know, it really sets the tone for, hey, we're here. Yeah, they can. Well, depending on how the matches with the team sitting below them go, they can start to put a little bit of a gap between themselves. I mean, they're sitting two points ahead right now. There's three teams at seven below them. So depending on how those other three teams do, you know, obviously the the one right below them is Byron. So picking up three points on Byron would be huge. Yeah, and and uh, back to what Steven said too with with Vernon and feeling like he. Um, may not have had the the instructions that he needed last season because um, it was something that was interesting to me is that last season he actually ended up scoring more goals than the previous year um, three more goals than the previous year which is interesting because everyone thinks of last year is like his down year not being what he was that previous season uh, and I think it was because he had such a slow start he ended up picking up steam later in the year but it's scary to think now he's starting this year hot um, as a player that seems to get better as the season goes that again plays into the fact that he could be putting up really big numbers um, and even pushing Lewandowski, um, which we love to see. Um, you know, we get a, a Bamiang era where the two of them are going right. head to head. A lot of fun to see them, you know, push each other to, to bad goals. Um, our next fixture, we've got Byron Mites, which is one we were touching on a little bit earlier with Byron coming out with um, 
A lot of the new boys in the lineup. Um, it, definitely a good game. Keenan and I touched on this, that I really wanted to see them experiment a little bit this game. Maybe not Kimmich midfield experiment, <laughs> but because uh, that's an experiment that I feel like we, we've tried and has failed. Um, but it is good to see Coutinho get some action. Perisic, um, good to see the, the big marquee signings out there um, in Pavard and Hernandez. Um, how I feel though, I mean, Bayern came out kind of flat, right? You get the early goal on a counterattack, it looks like the classic um, Bayern Achilles heel, you know, on the break, kind of backpedaling and just a, a nasty cross into the box uh, for Hedda Neuer. Clearly is upset. We've seen that before. <laughs> when is he not upset though? Anytime anybody scores on him, that means <laughs> upset. So, you know, that is to be expected. He's He, he expects to go into every game with Clean sheet. A clean sheet and come out that way. So, uh, but yeah, no, obviously he's upset with the way his team handled that. Um, and you're right, Byron came out unbelievably flat. You know, I still think that their passing is just not quite where it needs to be. Um, even if their passes are getting to where they need to be, they're just not, you know, they might get to the player. They're not getting where they need to be. We're not playing guys into space. They're having to stop their runs or go backwards. And it's just, it's killing some of those momentum opportunities that we have. The ability to attack on a counterattack or, you know, get somebody on a quick move on a break aren't there when those passes aren't going there. Or we're putting ourselves into a bad scenario where we can be exposed on a counterattack. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And that's what it looked like because it looked like it was about to be a turning point for Bayern. And then, of course, you lose the ball and right. Mainz is on the break. Which it's on one hand it's hard to be critical because it's a six-one. Uh, we talked about some got to see Davies come in. He got a goal. We got to see Perisic get a goal. In a lot of ways, it was a dream day. Lewandowski still gets his goal. Which, <laughs> you know, the commentators were even saying like he you you thought he wasn't gonna get it. Yeah, right. So in a lot of ways, it's a dream day. Six-one. You start to pat that. Um, we that saw the great Alaba. Goal. Right, Gal- Alaba free kick. Uh, congrats on the the upcoming child. For Alaba, so it was an exciting day. Again, it was another week where Bayern felt like they had that swagger at the end of the night. Right, but, but it'd uh, be nice to see that swagger from start to finish. Start to finish, especially like a team like Mainz. Right. Um, then, <laughs> gosh, this one. It's sort of the polar opposite, and we go from a game that had seven goals to a game that had zero. Leverkusen, Hoffenheim. It's funny because I... Last week I went on and I said that I felt like Hoffenheim was going to stifle this Leverkusen attack, which we were all singing the praises. I mean, all of their stats were just incredible. I mean, they still are, um, but just leading the league in sprints, um, Havertz, uh, Bailey, Ian Vollen, like all of them just running around, just felt like they're having a great time. And then they run up against Brick Wall this week. Crazy. 75% possession to Leverkusen, uh, 25 Hoffenheim. We got 20 shots for Leverkusen. Um, granted, only two on target versus six shots from Hoffenheim. Um, 19 corners for Leverkusen. <laughs> and zero, zero for Hoffenheim. Um, which really, it was Leverkusen just sitting on, on Hoffenheim's half and just could not get anything in. Um, which, it's a tough day for, for Leverkusen because even their social media feed, which one of the best sports social media feeds out there um just that it's just not our day you know just unlucky and we even described it as one of the fifa games where you're about ready to throw control through the tv um just super frustrating night for labor case 
Oh, I think the big takeaway for me is that they can't. They've got to put this game in the rear view um, and have to move forward because um, you can't dwell on that. I mean, it's frustrating, but you've been playing phenomenal. Um, the attackers got to get there, and you didn't get scored on either. So. Um, yeah, I mean, so. I guess the consolation in that scenario is that you know. You take a point. It, yeah, you take a point and you move on. Um, my one of my first thoughts after seeing nineteen corners was, man, if uh, if Kiesling was still there, <laughs> you gotta assume he would get at least one of those, right? Yeah, that's the one thing that's kind of boring is is on that many corners you can't get anything in. But it's often, not, I mean, they're not easy. They they're tough, especially when they can get settled. And that was part of what Nagelsmann had instilled in them too. Um, is they're they got a good defensive shape, but still, like, that many corners, you, you think something would get in. True, but this, uh, Leverkusen's not a tall team. I mean, outside of, I guess, Havertz. Havertz has some off corners, though. Um, yeah, Havertz, too. Uh, if you can get, like, a ball just even even on the ground, you've got to trust that ball is going to put it away. Um, coach, it, it just... True, but, I mean, that like we said, that Hoffenheim team's solid defensively, and they got some big boys back there. Uh, you know what, Bindabros, too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so, I'm sorry, but you, you got to get something in the corner there. Oh, no, I, I'm with you on that one. But, I mean, like, that back line is – those two center backs are big. Oh, yeah. I've got some – yeah. They got, they got uh, some big dudes. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily consider the Bender Bros or Ta, like, you know, major scoring threats necessarily. No, but, no definitely not. But but, but on 19, like on you'd think chances. that at least one of them is uh, going to connect. Right. But you're evidently not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you had uh, – I mean, Vogt is, is – He's one of my favorite players just a couple of seasons ago on Ultimate Team. I mean, just absolute beast, like 6'5". Yeah, um, just... 200 pounds, like, him and Zula that year. Yeah, just disgusting right. having the two of them on that back line. Um, and even times, Vogt would play, um, like, a CDM role, which yeah. is just terrifying. Um, kind of like Salif Sani at, at Hanover, where you've got a guy that big playing, and he was like, these are just a midfielder. Like, we haven't even made it to the center back yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hoffenheim's tough. Hoffenheim's tough, and I think that a lot of people are sleeping on them this season, not having Nagelsmann, but I feel like they still have a lot of that. Um, they haven't really tried to reinvent the wheel. It's like, right. we've been winning well under him. We're going to kind of keep that going. Uh, I think what it's going to really come down to is, is when that team needs that rally that Nagelsmann would give them. I'm not so sure they're going to find that this season, but could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, there's not a whole lot to talk about when we don't have goals, but... Uh, tough day for Labor Keys nonetheless. Wolfsburg Paderborn. Uh, I did not see any of this action here. Uh, looks like Brekelo had one, Paderborn had one early. Uh, otherwise, it, it, it looks pretty cagey. Um, any thoughts on that one? I didn't get to see any of it myself either, um, but it is a little shocking. I think, I think we all sort of felt like, I, mean, I certainly felt like Wolfsburg would have won this game. Yeah, I mean, Paderborn, um, they... I mean, no disrespect to Paderborn, I just... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think we, you know, at the Volkswagen Arena, like... Right. I think we are, I think I would have expected a different result. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting to see, I mean, they, they've held their own. I mean, it hasn't, yeah. been, it hasn't been the best start, but you look at, they put up two goals against Leverkusen and one that I thought they could have drawn. Um, the Freiburg one... You don't see Freiburg closing it out until late. I mean, Paderborn come, came out in that match, scored in the third minute. Right. Uh, and so you, you think if you can keep that going, that game goes a different direction. So getting their point against Wolfsburg, uh, like you said, on the road. Yeah. Um, that really, that's, that's, that's a tough game for them. So. Yeah, no. Wait, that's a good job for them uh, to steal. 
was still a point on that. Yeah, yeah, but um, we'll sort of still all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. So you get third on the table right now. Right. Yeah. No. No issues there. But I think they would want yeah, to be three points. Would have been. Yeah, three points. Um, the the one that I think a lot of people were excited to see. Um, the Billy Goats finally get their win, get get that under the belts, which, which I think was was coming just because uh, oh, Keenan's got some tea in here and it smells so good. Um, like the sweet victory that Colin had. Um, 2-1 over Freiburg on that late winner. Um, a thriller on the road. Um, Colin, we can all agree there. Do you think they're here to stay? I yeah. think they're... It was, it was disappointing to see them go down to begin with. Yeah. Just because their fans, like... The that stadium doesn't doesn't deserve to be in League Two. Like, um, I think I think it was you know I think again I think Colin is one of those they they're not going to be European fighters. I don't think. I mean, they, they may be like a dark horse, but you know they're, they're, they'll they'll stay up right. I think, uh, I think I, I, we all view them as like a solid Bundesliga squad. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and I think, and I think you know, maybe as some more financial investments, like in the winter or whatever, maybe solidify a couple positions. I think, I think with that, I think they could, you know, I, I could see them eight, nine. Yeah, I was gonna say they're like the like higher on the single digits, or maybe very like like ten, like right around there. Yeah, yeah. They're um, middle of the pack team. And I mean, Modesta had a, a goal again. And, that's and, that and, and honestly, you know, with with how the Bundesliga is going to be this year, finishing tenth or ninth right. isn't going to be necessarily a bad thing. Right. I mean, what we said is that it could come down to match, you know, the final match day where it's like where, where you're going to sit. So it's good to see that from them. I don't think that changes anything for Freiburg either. I think they're going to be another one in the solid pack. So I think this. This matchup between the two of them is something that we're we're gonna see both of these teams fighting for those those positions, um, mid pack. But again, it was it was really great to see them win, and they're gonna win. They're gonna win a lot of games this year. I think they're gonna win some big ones too. Get some of the bigger teams. Um, so yeah, interesting to see. I, mean, I just think they have they have the player. I mean, they've been there. You know, they were able to hold on to a lot of their roster. Um, Jonas Hector saw an article the other week talking about he might be one of the most loyal players in the world, right? Staying with the team. Timo Horn saying, hey, I'm staying with the team, um, even when they went down. And, and we saw that, and we all said, okay, yeah, these guys are going to be back. And then you bring Modesto back from China. Um, <laughs> that whole that whole thing is just yeah, really weird. We touched on that in the first episode. <laughs> right. You're bringing him back, and we know what he's capable of. Um, they're, they're, they're one of my favorite sides, honestly. Um, yeah. I really like that team. There's still hope for my... Freiburg gets relegated. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous I, apparently prediction. Yeah, I mean, we we're not going to bring this up every week, but um, just not we are if they keep losing. If they go on a streak and love losses, which losing. okay, so one <laughs> loss, right? Ninety third minutes ago, and now it's they keep losing. No, 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 I'm saying if they keep losing, right? As in they've lost once. If it keeps going, I just don't. We will. It's just not warranted. Um, I mean, we'll get our predictions, but I'll go on and say I think they beat Hoffenheim after the international break. At least it's Robert, I think they beat Hoffenheim after the international break. Hurry here, folks. Remember, and I didn't open the show with this. We're going to get to this. Is, is that the next game yet? No, it's not, not the next game. It's Stevie's voice. So I can talk about my, my big prediction of the week, which Stevie. came to fruition. <laughs> the big three. The big three. I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you get goals however you can, <laughs> apparently? I mean, the second, the first one, it was it was unlucky. 
you know, there wasn't too much he could have really done with it. Um, the second one, you know, it was a it was a great pass from McKinney to, to Bergstaller. Bergstaller, like, even, I think it, it would have been a shocker goal no matter what, because McKinney was right there at the post to, to poach it in, even if it did go far. Um, Bergstaller should have had a one, like, he... <laughs> Sky to one like it's like five feet in front of me. If he just puts it like in the corner, it's it's a goal. Um, obviously, John Joe Kennedy with the strike at the end. That was good to see. Uh, I think I think I think I think seeing someone score finally <laughs> in a blue in, a, in, in your own blue jersey, jersey was good to see in that arena. I like because I think that's going to fire that team up. Seeing yeah. seeing that well, they got high, and I think and I think too is like. It, it and I said this before. You can tell just how much that win meant to Wagner. Yeah. Just just by like the way he was saying after the he's game. First one in charge. Right. You know he, he's coming back home. This is his first win at home. You know. Yeah, and yeah, it is. It hurts us. So you know they've had struggled with hurts before. Right. You know everybody kind of has struggled with hurts at some point. Um, <laughs> so getting, being able to beat them, you know three zero, which you know. You take you take away the two on goals. You still get a one zero win. Yeah, and like so, you, so like you said on, I mean, like you said on paper, even if it's uh, own goals, it's still a three. Right, know, three right, goal. and it's right. right. It's not as if own goals don't count towards no, no. your goal differential. Goal. Yeah, and, um, and so like I mean, it, it obviously he's had three scored against us. We got three back. Now we're at zero. Um, but uh, I think I think that's a that's going to. Um, you know, vault them. You know, you give them some momentum. It's unfortunate that the international break came when it did. So I, thought, I think you know, you get that kind of. And even even the Bayern game, it wasn't like they were bad. It was just they went up against Bayern. Like I I see that like every time every time like those those two teams play up, it, I don't see it as bad as the scoreline indicates because watching the game. They play, they play, they play tough. They play them tougher. Yeah, you, you say, okay, oh, it's three zero. <laughs> it's three. It's a three zero game. Yes, but the the way that they play is tougher than what the scoreline indicates. Come on, you know you want to talk about Dortmund. Three one Union Berlin. At this point, I will pull up a snippet of my call from last week in case you missed that episode where I called Union Berlin winning this game. Here's my thoughts. Uh, Dortmund has struggled with these newly promoted sides, um, and they, we've talked about this, they've been allowing goals early in the games, teams they had no business line goals to. And uh, it's very much been them, then, you know, Favre saying, okay, we're gonna change some tactics and win this game. You know, even bringing in Brandt or, or getting, um, you know, Sancho getting balls into Alcacer. Um, yes, they have made it happen, and when they have, Flip the switch and turn it on. They've looked really, really dangerous, and we all have said that. But the question mark was, what happens when they don't flip that switch and they can't turn the game around? And I felt like Union Berlin, you know, uh, being at home in front of their supporters and really needing a win or at least needing to pull out a point from this, uh, it was a perfect storm for that to happen. And it, you know, can't win them all, but this one really went the way that I had predicted it would. Uh, just. Gutsy, just you know, um, not giving Dortmund any time um, 
well, giving them time, right, but not giving them the space to get, um, to be creative and to do what they normally do to teams. And then punishing Norman, where they're just atrocious defending. Um, you know, there was a couple of plays where Homos just gave up on the back line, as it looked like. Um, just dangerous balls into the box. So that, that, that's always been. I think that's always been Dortmund's Achilles' heels. Their defense, like they, they've always had good attackers. I, I just thought their defense has been what's let them down. And yeah, I mean, particularly. Games. I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, you think Brandon Owens, and you think um, you know Kanji's more developed now, and and he's looked. I mean, I remember the Super Cup. He looked really sharp. Um, but there's going to be those nights. Uh, and I think particularly teams that are not afraid to really disrupt them. And we talked about this too before, uh, is the possession. And Dortmund coming into this having 70, 74% possession is not necessarily a good team, good thing for a team like that who likes to break you on the counter. Um, and I kind of see this, they struggle with the teams that Bayern often struggle with, which is the teams that sit back and don't allow you to get through those gaps. The difference, I feel like, is that Bayern, time and time again, has been able to, at the very least, pull out a draw on those. Um, if not, you know, get wins. Right. Um, they find somewhere, somehow, Lewandowski's going to get in there, he's going to will a goal, two guys on his back, right? Dortmund didn't have that. And I think they're going to see more and more teams that are going to say, okay, you know, we're going to sit back and we're going to do that. We're going to play them like we play Bayern. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, is I think that's going to make things tough for a very, very, very good team who I still think are going to be up there and uh, have them. As, I had them as my title favorites. Still think if, if they're clicking on all cylinders, I think they're just slightly sharper than Bayern. But that being said, it kind of you know contradicts my statement that Bayern would have went. Bayern finds ways to win those those types of games that Dortmund the past couple seasons has not. And be it defense and be it not having. That playmaker that says, you know what, I'm going to close this out. I don't, I don't see how Castor is that kind of player. He's more of a poacher. You're not able to get those balls into him in right. that space. Yeah, he's not your centering target aerial, certainly not. Right. That's, that's going to hold somebody off and bury a header in like that. He's going to beat somebody on a quick move and steal one off of him. But... Um, I did notice it's a lot of fouls on Union. They oh, yeah. muddied that game up, and you, they got physical. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, you know, a team like Dortmund is a team that likes to be a little finesse. You know, they like that counterattack, and when you do the opposite to that, you give them the ball, and then you beat them up a little bit. I mean, you know, not to jump back on Stevie's boys, but, I mean, last year, Stevie's boys, same thing, you know. You take advantage of your opportunities and you get physical. So, you know, props to Tyler for noticing uh, a trend there of Dortmund's shortcomings and having the, the courage to make that prediction. Big one for me, though, and I, I've seen people talk about this on Twitter. No vessel for Dortmund. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, and no hazard. But, yeah, no, I think the bigger one was no vessel. Like, it... That the pairing there, you saw the the early change as well, pulling off Delaney as well. Yeah. It just that that midfield is not the same without Fitzel. I, I think he's one. I mean, up there with Sancho, up there with the Royce, he's one of the most important players on that team, and he really makes that midfield click. And um, in a matchup like this, I think especially a matchup that's going to have a little bit more physicality, 
Right. Um, he was desperately needed. <clears throat> right, and then you take away a guy like Delaney as well. Right. So, and, you know, it's a recipe for no physicality whatsoever. Yeah, and Fabry tried. He tried. Um, I mean, you, you see who gets some action. You see Guerrero, um, again, just trying to pull, you know, the rabbit out of the hat yeah. for some creativity. And these are talented players, but um, it's, it's a tough place to be. I mean, when you, when you go up two and then when you get that third, it's like, well, let's not forget that place was rocking. <laughs> after on, each, literally on fire. <laughs> right after each goal. <laughs> so you know you have your entire stadium behind you, and you can play inspired. Want nothing more than to take down the top dogs. I, I think Dorman finishes third. Oh, Stevie changing it up. I mean, he never he never said he. I think we no. I think in the first episode we all agreed that, that Stevie and I had uh, Dorman as second. You saying that RB's gonna move up? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's not a massively bold prediction, but yeah. It, and this is something that I've talked about. It, it's very hard because, uh, especially what I'm finding with working on this podcast, is that every week we have to dissect everything that's going on, and like you, it shifts everything because you see you see um, Leipzig play like this, and it's like, oh no, Leipzig! You know, like we've like just looked at all the stats, looked at the highlights, you know, watched the games. Oh, Leipzig is incredible, and you can get caught up in the moment. I feel like, right? Um, and and this week particularly is such a swing. And Keenan was talking about this too. If you just go look at the table, and it's like, oh, Arby's at the top of the table. Oh, Schalke is climbing. You know, and it's it's one match day, right? And, and everything changes. But I do think that that's the Bundesliga, and we're gonna see a lot of that from week in to week out. There's not gonna be a lot of places that are gonna be. Um, I mean, I, I even think that top spot is going to be traded a lot more than it's been the past couple of years. Um, which, if you are a, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, a casual fan or uh, you, know, you have no, uh, no, like a, a fan that has no alliance. Ah, um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, like if you're just some random bloke watching the game, like right. it's fun from an outside. Right. Yeah, so from an outside perspective, with no vested interest in a particular team, right, and you're just. You know, especially if you just enjoy yeah. good soccer. I mean, I get it that everybody hates Leipzig. You know, everybody hates Red Bull, right? Like, we hate the, the, uh, Red the Bull man, line. right? The, yeah. But, uh, hey. Uh, and now for our Sunday fun day fixtures. Uh, we had the Bremen Augsburg and then the Frankfurt Dusseldorf. Big, big week. I mean, I don't want to jump over the other game, but it's been a big week for Frankfurt. <laughs> um, who has struggled, but again, they've showed the grit that Frankfurt has. But we'll start with the Bremen Augsburg game. Um, your boy Asako <laughs> getting it done. Yeah, I mean, two incredible goals. One on, you know, a perfectly timed run from midfield, chasing it down with the American on his heels as a second option, buries his shot. Then the second one, just a terrific volley. Yeah, that was beautiful. So, and of course, Josh Sargent as well, also getting a goal off of a pretty impressive touch. I was impressed. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, still give it two goals, but they are coming from, you know, the same player. So it's not as though uh, Augsburg is showing a variety of scoring options. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they still struggle. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's good to see you from Bremen because I was going to be said is where the goals going to come from at the po- at this point. It looks like Sargent and Asako are up for the challenge. Um, you know, not having Mark Max Cruz, it's it's gonna. We said you know it was going to take time 
to kind of get things going, but that's definitely exciting to see. I mean, for um, U.S. men's national team, you know, it's exciting to see Josh Sargent playing at this level. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, there is a red card. Right, right. Lee Shiner. Yeah, you are playing down a man with the Lee Shiner, um, getting that early. So it's like, but you know, Oxford does score after the red card. So you know, it's a little back and forth, but it definitely changed the game. I mean, Lee Shiner was putting in some quality crosses early on. Oh yeah, Lee Shiner was was very dangerous, and it, that that is a good sign because it's interesting to see like he was so good, and then you 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 know you get the silly fouls, and it's you're you're off. So it's like from one standpoint, it's a good game for him, but he's got to be frustrated. You know, picking up the the red. Um, also, interesting uh, tidbit: Claudio Pizarro made his um, this past weekend was marks the debut twenty years ago <laughs> from at Bremen. Wow. And he came on for a dude uh, who's sergeant. Yeah, for sergeant. So man, oh, who's nineteen years old? Twenty. Yeah. No, he's nineteen. Yeah. yeah. And so, comes in for a guy who's you know twenty one years younger than him. Wow. So you know he's the ageless wonder. Yeah, okay. making his what is this his fourth trip with uh, Bremen? Is this the fourth time he's been with this team? I think so because this yeah. would be yeah something like that maybe maybe fifth fourth or fifth yeah um, he's he's been around the block more than once yeah and I mean it's 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 awesome to see him still kicking um, really is ages I mean definitely one of the more under I mean statistically wise definitely not but uh, I feel <laughs> yeah. like overall one of the more underrated uh, strikers. You know, in the league, just a legend, and I think that that means a lot for Sargent and these younger players to get to learn from him. I mean, you, you just think about all everything that he's been through and being on that Byron squad, um, and being a big part of the Byron squad. You know, looking back um, at a very dangerous team and him being such a big threat. Um, yeah, good, good to see for Bremen. Another tough day for Augsburg is what it really comes down to. I'm um, yeah. Frankfurt getting it done in Europa. So now they are fully qualified. They've put that mess behind them. Yeah, it was a great um, game for them in the Europa League. Just yeah. Killed. And then to follow that up and get another win the next Guys match day. Yeah. You know, quick turnaround on that. And obviously, can we agree that the, the new signing has paid off? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he scores. Coming right in and scoring. Um, yeah. It, the thing with Frankfurt, it, they've had so many matches because they've had to play all of those qualifiers for... Um, Europa League and, and they've been cagey affairs um, and then you know no night in the Bundesliga is easy and, and Dusseldorf is always a trap game for teams so um, it was very good to see that from from Frankfurt um, and to see them pull out these these big wins and even with the Rebic news you know you, you hear about them losing Rebic um, and you, you get the big goal from Dust and then you got Silva come in yeah um, uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Frankfurt from here on out. I mean, I, th- I still think they just have so many quality players and, you know, maybe a guy who's less headlines, other, you know, obviously a new signing is going to have some headlines, but less headlines for maybe the wrong reasons for being upset and everything is going to help them. So. And your boy DeCosta, I mean, that's the ones you always sing his praises. He's, he's looked really good. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat... A, Dude, that's you know that quick and that big. He's one of the bigger outside backs that there is in the league, and yeah. just so strong and quick. Kind of, I mean, he's bigger than. Uh, kind of reminds me of like Ricardo Rodriguez from the um, yeah Wolfsburg era. Yep, um, but I, he's bigger and faster than uh, Rodriguez. And 
his dribbling abilities, um, and then Kostic has been a menace um, with his pace being unleashed. Um, yeah, they're, they're a team that not a lot of teams are going to want to face, and I think that, the, that it's, we talked about this last week, is just their schedule is going to be the only thing that I think is going to hinder them is, is um, yeah. having so many different games for it before I, um, I don't know that isn't going to be quite as deep as some of these, like, you know, Leipzig per se. Uh, so it's always what's tough with those French Europe teams, but uh, it's good to see good to see them qualify. Yeah, it's always good to see more Bundesliga squads in Europe. All right, lads. So we are. Uh, well, I wanted to real quick before we head into the final segment of the night. It was like a late night. The days are getting shorter, so it's dark out. It's still not all that late. But it's getting close to my bedtime. <laughs> Certainly. Um, Wanted to just real quick because I think this is kind of cool. Is, is talk about who we saw as our biggest winners of the week, our biggest losers, our biggest shock, and then who do we feel like still has something to prove. And you know what? We're not actually your teams. If you want to talk about an individual player right. that stood out to you, go right ahead. Um, so Stephen, I want to start with you. Who, what team, or what player do you feel like is your biggest winner of the week? And it could be somebody that left and got on their team. It could be Rebic. <laughs> um, I feel like him getting AC was the biggest win. Uh, just real quick, biggest winner. Union Berlin. I think it, it was an emotional win for that for that uh, club being in the uh, first time being in the Bundesliga in what is it, 20, how long ago has it been since they've been in the Bundesliga? Is it for some ever? I'll double check that while Steven keeps talking. Go ahead. Yeah, it's been a lot of time. It, it's, it, it's been a while yeah. since they've been in top flight. So having them get, especially against a perennial like title favorite, to get them for them to get that win. I think that that's going to give them a, a boost. Are they are they going to survive the drop? We'll see. <laughs> um, but that gives them that gives them a great you know motivation. Like, hey, we just beat Dortmund. We can beat anybody. Yeah. Um, so I think I think I think that's going to be a uh, interesting club to be watching out for the feet in the future. Yeah, it looks like it's their first time. First time, yeah, that's what that first time top flight. Nothing else for me to say. I mean, you, you said it. Uh-huh. Big, big day for them. I'm, I'm really happy for them. Um, it's easy to go there for sure. Um, but for me, I'm actually going to go Cologne. I just feel like they they needed the win more than Union did. Having been there, and I think we all sort of expected them to have already gotten at least one win. So I'll go with Cologne as my team's biggest winner. Yeah, another um, the late winner, Yeah, um, I think, makes it all sweeter. Than like, all right. right. Um, biggest losers this week. Dortmund? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a team, yeah. Certainly. As a team, yeah. I think, yeah, obviously Dortmund. James uh, Sancho. Who <laughs> put up, you know, was still putting up ridiculous numbers. It's like, all right, guys, got you a little help. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. I think another one, I mean, I know it, I know it was. Berlin dropped a lot, obviously, that loss. Yeah. I think Leverkusen, um, now he's getting something in, in that like 80 having like 80 percent possession and like <laughs> yeah. 19 corners and no like no goals i think that hurts them a little bit just because i mean yeah it's a point but you don't do anything for your goal differential right so it's not like you're just you're you just get a big old zero for a goal differential for drawing yes you get a point but in a uh in a business that if we're projecting it right that that goal difference is going to be very crucial. Yeah. Uh, what you got this weekend? For biggest... Uh, biggest loser? Yeah. Biggest loser? 
yeah, I think I just ha- I have to go Dortmund. Just I I don't I just didn't quite see that. You know, I I was I was with you on the potential for a draw. I did not see the terrible performance and giving up that many like three goals. So yes, three goals. Well, speaking of three goals, I gotta go hard to Berlin. Uh, they they don't they don't deserve this. Um, kind of classic Berlin. You get the two two against Bayern, yep. um, which you could say maybe you don't deserve that. Um, but then you just you get beat three um, zero um, in back to back weeks, and two of those goals come from your own man. That's yeah. tough. That is tough. So they're definitely yeah, eight goals. Was, was it? Is, yeah, eight goals in three games is what they've given up. Right, right. I mean, you're sitting on negative um, six because you nearly had two against Bayern. So um, yeah, that, that's not a good sign for a team that normally is defensively strong. I understand they want to push up more and be more attack minded, and they've looked. They've been more fun to watch because of that. But it's not fun to watch when you've you know you're putting you're getting eight goals scored and you, you can't even get anything. Um, Lukibaki will get his, but this week is just not their week. They're my biggest losers. Um, biggest shock, I know it, it's very easy to just jump back into that that Dortmund. Um, I was going to go. I was going to go Hertha. Hertha, yeah. Because yeah. that was the first time. That, I think that was the first time Hertha has scored two of their own, two own goals in the same game. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and that's short. Like, it's bizarre. And, like, it was, it was, it was just a bizarre game because it was like. Uh, Schalke was pre- was pressing hard, you know that they were they were making runs and obviously they weren't finishing anything. But th- but that they they were getting all the runs and stuff. Like it was a very bizarre game to watch from Hertz's perspective because had Schalke been finishing, it would it would it would have been a lot more than just three zero. Yeah. It would it would like it would it would it could have it could have been a five six goal goal game had Schalke finished some of those goal, some some of those runs. You know, for me, um, as much as we sang the praises of Nagelland and his Leipzig team, I was actually surprised to see Timo get the hat trick. I, I second-guessed it. I wanted to move my fantasy lineup around a little bit where I was able to pick up Timo. just had some feeling inside of me, but I was like, nah, Timo's team, not going to come out and get a hat trick against Gladbach. Um, so it's not, it's not like a huge shock to me, but it is, it is like, okay, he's already First career hat trick? Right. He's already playing like this, yeah, and then getting that hat trick and getting against Gladbach like a ball team. Who, yes, they've had their defensive um, deficiencies, but I felt like they'd be up for this type of game. Um, you know, having Marco Rosa there, and I don't know. I, I expected more from them, and certainly didn't expect uh, Timo to come out and get three. You know, I thought maybe one or two, maybe you supposed to get one, but uh, that's that's kind of shocking. Not big shock, but a little shock to me this week. So I actually had two different ones that I was looking at. One of them was Timo. I having him on my fantasy team. There was a scenario, I believe, last year he missed a penalty that would have gotten me the hat trick. <laughs> right. And of course, the negative points from the, that. It was it was a bad day for me. I was very upset. Um, but no, my uh, so I'll go with my other one. Um, Byron scores six goals, and Lewandowski's only accounting for one of those. <laughs> That's my biggest shock. <laughs> I would like he still got one, of course. Right. But the form he's been in recently, if you had told me, like, you can't watch this game, but Byron scores six goals, I have to assume Lewandowski scored more than one of them. Like, I'm thinking hat-trick at least. So, you know, it's nice to see some more people score for Byron, but that was my biggest shock, was yeah. six goals, only one by Lewandowski. Yeah, for sure. And not only, not only is it not, but if you're getting Paris, if you're getting Davies, if you're getting guys that I wouldn't even, you know, I thought... Pavard. Serge didn't play, but I would have thought, okay, Serge coming. Yeah, that makes sense, but... Uh, 
Yeah, but yeah, getting Pavard was uh, right. David Allen, but too. Yeah. Like, so it's, it came from a lot of different. You know, both fullbacks and both wingers score. Big, 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 big. Um, and um, then finally, we're three match days in now. Who do you feel like still has the most to prove? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. And I, I, mean, I want to say, I want to say Leverkusen, just because I feel like we get, we, I mean, just because of the three games they played. You know, yeah, yeah, they. they they beat uh, Dusseldorf, but they could have easily lost that game too. I think um, you know coming in, I you know I had question marks because I think they they lost all their friendlies going coming into the season. You know it was like what's 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 going on with Leverkusen, right? Um, so I think I think they got something to prove. I mean, uh, and you know their Champions League t- uh, group isn't going to be necessarily easy either. You know that they got put in with Juventus and Atletico Madrid. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch too. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just think they, they, they got a lot to prove with saying, "Hey, we're we're actually legit." You know, we're not just going to like come when we want to and um, not not show up on other games, like and not just show up for the big games. Right, we're going to show up for every game. And I, I just, I just, I just think that they they got more more in them than what they've been showing. I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm with you because I think that I think that we can all say it and we've all said it. Bayern, Dortmund, and Leipzig will be somewhere on the top. So you can say, yeah, I want Dortmund to prove that they can beat Bayern. Yeah, I want Leipzig to prove that they can beat Bayern. But I think um, I think the big one is Leverkusen being one of those teams that's just just rode the bubble and has not been able to break into that top tier with those other teams. And I feel like keeping uh, Havertz this year. And, and the energy that they've had, they have to expect something higher from this team. They, they have to. Um, and even if they do have an early access in Champions League, just due to the, the um, difficulty of that group, that's all the more reason why they need to turn up for the league and, and really make an impact um, and not settle for just being a, a mid-pack team. That Especially when Goldberg can make a break, you being back in the Champions League. Right, yeah, you being back or, in the Or even Europe in general. Right, right. So... Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I think they still have a lot to prove. Um, whereas the other big dogs would just say, yeah, at the end of the year, if they beat Bayern, like, then it proves something. But, like, Leipzig has a ways to go. Who do you got, Gina? I'm going to go with Leipzig. You okay. Know, especially considering the fact that they have Bayern coming up. Like, all right, you're 3-0. Like, you look nice. You got this new coach. All right, prove it. Like, Show us against, you know, the best team, you know, that, like, it's, you know, less of a long-term prove it and more of a, all right, next week or, you know, in two weeks, show us what you got. So that's that's where I'm feeling like, you know, all right, you, everybody's riding high on you. Let's see what you got. That's been a pleasure. It's been great to see you back. Um, feeling fit, Stevie, back home. Injury, <laughs> sickness, illness. Um, yeah, it's, it's been rough. Individual training. <laughs> uh, glad you're international break to send in those. Uh, we will tune in next week. Um, probably do something a little bit different this week. Um, we'll talk a little bit and figure out probably do something a little bit different since the international break. Um, maybe we'll talk about some of those games a little bit. 
I know we didn't talk a whole lot about Champions League and those things. Um, once we get a little bit closer to those games, we probably hash out the Bundesliga teams, their chances in those. Uh, and of course, Europa. Um, I think that's everything, lads. Um, PS 2020. Just a few days away. How many days now? Seven days? Yeah, about this time of night, the download should be good and, and, and hot. <laughs> the, uh, the hard drive should be running. <laughs> um, early predictions. As always, I'm going to run the league this year. Nothing new there. So can't wait to fill you guys in on how bad I beat the lads. <laughs> Um, no objections here on that. It's, it's, it will happen. It will not happen. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, as always, we appreciate the support. Um, smash the like, comment, share this with your friends, and we are just a fun show. So, uh, we love, we love <laughs> a solid group. We love, we love German football. Um, you got guests that want to get on the show. Get us up.